It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pitbox podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com, your Lake of the Ozark vacation experts. On this episode, we are going to talk about last weekend's race at Martinsville and look ahead to this weekend's super speedway race at the high banks of Talladega. I have Josh Nort with me as always. Did you guys do anything fun this weekend in the hurricane force winds we had here in Omaha? Well, I uh, stayed out of the winds and tried to hide out inside all weekend. And uh, I know Josh was not the, not the same. Somebody had to see how windy it was. And uh, so we decided to play a little golf yesterday. And uh, I'll tell you that today was a lot more pleasant and uh, less breezy than yesterday morning. Did you have fun playing golf or was it as miserable as it looked? Fun is probably not the word I would use to describe it, but I enjoyed being out there. And, you know, I would say the first nine really wasn't that bad. It was kind of it was a little chilly, but it wasn't and windy, but it wasn't bad. The second nine, the wind picked up. We were seeing our breath and we were we were like, this is probably too cold. Let's define chilly for some of our listeners that aren't from around here. It uh, was, it was 30s. It, it was high 30s. <laughs> It was 30s. It's <laughs> yeah. like 38, which is with 22 pretty mile nuts. an hour winds. It was it was not the the best decision, but it is what it is, and so got got 18 holes in and called it a day. All right. So first off, want to thank everybody for listening uh, again. Thank you for turning tuning in each week, and if you do enjoy the show, please uh, tell your friends. And just a reminder, we are doing. Uh, taking questions for our question of the week segment. So if you want to know something NASCAR related or not NASCAR related uh, for the podcast, please reach out to us and shoot us that question. This week's question has to do with uh, pit stops and kind of what goes into into a pit stop. In NASCAR, teams or or cars have to pit based on the length of the race. The tires give out, they need gas, etc. So during a normal pit stop, there is a pit road speed that cars have to manage as they go down pit road. So if you watched the race this past weekend, a lot of drivers were nabbed speeding uh, on pit road, which is a drive-through penalty. So drivers have to maintain speed limit. They have a box that they are assigned to based on qualifying. Once they get into the box, depending on what type of strategy called the crew chief calls, uh, most pit stops are four tires for every single race minus, I believe, one, which is Watkins Glen. The uh, team or pit crew will change the right side tires first. And then they will go over to the left side and change those tires uh, second if they're doing a four-tire pit stop. 
At that point, there is usually one crew member who always rips off the piece of plastic covering the windshield. So the drivers have clear view, a, a clear view for the next portion of the race. And you also have a gas man. You have a uh, two, two tire changers on each side. And then you have the guy who is carrying the jack or, or the jack man to lift the car up. Teams on pit road can adjust their cars by uh, reducing or increasing air pressures. And there's also such a thing as a wedge wrench, which uh, Ryan Blaney loves to take with him on the track, which is illegal. Uh, but the wedge wrench can be inserted into the car. Uh, it's the rear view or rear window. And they can raise or lower the track bar, which then helps the car handles or handle in the corner. Pointing out the pit crew members, uh, I think you mentioned it, but you can only have five members over the wall to work on the car. And Zach kind of mentioned it, but you got your fuel man, your tire changers, your tire carriers, and your jack man. So um, they've got a, a well-oiled machine. Uh, to go out there, they know who's carrying the tires. They know when to move, when to put the tires on, when to tighten them down. Uh, it's a fascinating thing. And um, a lot of them are, you know, former football players. I mean, these guys are big, strong uh, athletes, really. Uh, so it's fun to just think of, you know, you got us that can just go around and uh, tighten down some lug nuts with a crossbar. But these guys are out there they're athletes and they go fast and I don't know what are the odds what are the times for a pit crew a pit stop nowadays like 10 seconds 10 to yeah, 12 seconds 10 yeah 12 seconds is a good good stop right now so I would say the, the pit crews make like throwing those tires around look easy like you try to pick up a tire it's, it's a lot heavier than you think and and the other thing with pit crews is they can have a huge impact on the race because even a few tenths of a second, if you are able to get your car out, you know, three tenths of a second doesn't seem like a lot of time, but in, in a matter of race, I mean, in the, in the race, it could be three positions. Um, so they are very important and, and sometimes overlooked part of the, of the race. How many times does it cost Denny Hamlin, uh, uh a race win? Cause his pit crew messes up or, or true X. I mean, or true X. There's been some some specific drivers here in the last year that have really been snake bitten by their crew. All right. So remember, send in your questions, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll pick yours and and we'll answer them next week on the podcast. We move to our NASCAR news, and we start with something very near and dear to my heart. Something I was very happy to see, and that was Chase Elliott, like he said. Six weeks back in the car. I was shocked when I saw the tweet, uh, but Chase felt healthy enough to drive, and he announced that he was going to race this past weekend. Sounded like he did two days on the sim. Uh, leg felt fine, and that's when he made the decision to come back at Martinsville, which is a really interesting racetrack and race to come back to with the number of times they shift. Uh, which involves the left foot in regards to the clutch and then braking as well. So uh, he came back and uh, came back a couple weeks sooner than I originally thought. 
So a couple things. So first, uh, he said he had no pain when he was done with the race, which was good to hear if you're a, a chase owner, uh, which brings me to the swaps that we had. We had a lot of people who swapped out Chase Elliott for mainly Ryan uh, or for Kyle Larson. Um, and I think Norton did the math. I think it was like 27 points that Chase Elliott has to beat Larson by at the the whole rest of the year for that to be the, yeah, the right so move, in the, right? In the six weeks that Josh Berry ran for uh, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson outscored him by 27 points in those six weeks. And that's the only reason we went to that driver is because that was a majority of the picks. I believe it was about 19 of the Chase Elliott swaps were for Kyle Larson. So that's the one that has the biggest impact. Uh, but it only came out to 27 fantasy points, which Chase could make up in, in the next however many weeks we have left. Yeah, there was a, I think there might have been some panic swapping. And I did it too. I I swapped out two two of the teams that that had Chase, and I think it might be might turn out to be the wrong move. But I guess we'll see as the the rest of the season uh, plays out. Another injury was Chase Briscoe, who drove the last two races with a broken finger and had surgery this morning. Any details on that, Zach? Yeah. So for those who didn't know, uh, Briscoe broke his. Uh, left middle finger racing his dirt late model on april 6th it sounds like his car made contact with the wall steering wheel uh jerked out of his hand pretty hard and that what is what caused his broken uh middle finger so uh, he had surgery this morning he's raced the last two weekends uh with a broken finger said it has not been very fun but he's had some pretty solid results with with a broken finger but uh, he is currently in the healing process and uh, doesn't plan on missing any races uh, due to the surgery. JP's boy is a trooper. Sure is. And, and I mean, Bristol Dirt and Marnesville, those are some two pretty strenuous racetracks. So pretty impressive. So last piece of uh, news from the past weekend was some history made in the truck series when a decision was made to bring out some wet weather tires. Hey, I actually got to watch the beginning of this truck race on Friday night, but the you weren't watching were, you weren't watching uh, drivers dine-ins and dives. Uh, that was after the truck race. Gotcha, that was sorry. after. So always have to watch. I know it's very important on Friday nights for, in the triple in the D on ticket. Friday night, <laughs> even if it's a rerun. But uh, I I was able to watch beginning of the truck race corners were wet or corners were dry the straightaways were wet but the official said drivers get to your trucks and they started the race with the new wet weather tires that were developed by Goodyear uh, and I will say that the tires actually performed quite well uh, I can't remember the number of laps they ran maybe 60-ish if memory serves me right but uh the truck seemed to uh, seem to drive pretty well on the, on the tires. And uh, when the track, you could tell when the track was starting to become drier because that's when the, uh, the wet weather tires started to fall off pretty fast and actually have chunks of rubber flying all over the track uh, just because they're made to, to be wet. So uh, but that is the first time in NASCAR history on an oval that wet weather tires were used. And I thought it was pretty cool to see. 
I actually got to watch that live as well. For some reason, I just happened to have the truck race on. And then we started texting about it. And I was like, oh, everybody's watching this. And it was it was a, a nice experiment. It's good to know that they can, you know, run when it's, you know, not raining, but when it's damp and, and the track's a little wet and they don't have to wait. You know, he's probably saved 30, 40 minutes of drying time by putting those tires on. So I think in the future, I'd like to see them not stop the the race and let the teams kind of decide how early or late they want to keep those tires on but like you said when there's chunks of tire and it's the first time they didn't really know what was going on so uh they just gave everybody the the same amount of time and told told everybody to come in and change the tires but yeah i think it was i think it was pretty cool good to good to see uh nascar putting their their neck out there i agree yeah i mean that could have went it could have went wrong right and nascar has been uh, kind of under fire here in the last couple of weeks with some of the decisions they've made and then the appeals process and all that stuff. So uh, for once NASCAR got something right and it actually wasn't pretty enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a great segue into our recap of the race here. Uh, Plan that. Planned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great uh, race to to see on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's probably my favorite race of the year, to be honest. <laughs> so I think we're all in agreement that this race was uh, a complete dud. It 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 was awful, right? Yeah, Agreed. dud, awful, borderline disaster, boring, all of that can, can sum up Martinsville. Zach, yeah. is there a lot of passing? Yeah, because gonna let him <laughs> give us his his, uh, his signature phrase here. There was no passing. No passing. You couldn't no pass at Martinsville. That's you, a you could I have the we're gonna put, we're gonna you put have Zach's the worst, face on a t-shirt. No passing. Worst car out there, and you put him in the front of that pack, and it looks like the fastest car that's ever raced at Martinsville. It was it was pathetic. Well, and I, I guess we'll bring it up now. Denny Hamlin was a vocal, uh was very vocal after the race about you know passing and the the track position being king and he he kind of summed it up when he said i couldn't pass i got out of the lead and the cars that i were i was lapping 10 laps ago i can't even get around now because it's it's just so bad so i want to ask you do is there does nascar have a problem here i don't think that's a question anymore that is 100 percent what is what is happening right now nascar has a major problem on their hands they've shifted so if you think about the last couple of years in nascar they have really put an emphasis on short track racing they're trying to get back to some of the roots the roots of nascar the excitement they're trying to drum up the fan base with this tv contract up for bidding the next gen car for whatever reason is not good on short tracks. They tried this new low downforce package. I was really hopeful after Richmond because I thought Richmond was one of the better races that we've seen this year. And after what we watched yesterday, I think NASCAR has a major problem on their hands. And uh, I'm not sure they can do much to fix it at this point. It kind of reminds me of baseball and where they were even last year last you know 
last couple of years where you have declining attendance, d- declining interest in the sport. They're, they're long games. People have these complaints and you see baseball do some, some things to try to switch it up and make the races or the, the game shorter. Is that, is that now become something that NASCAR thinks about? Because I mean, to, to sit there and watch that race for, for three and some, however many hours it was, that's that's a lot to ask of somebody when there's nothing going on. Yeah, I don't I don't think shortening a race is going to make it better because the just the racing product on these short tracks is so bad to begin with. Uh, that shortening shortening the races I don't think is going to do anything for the better other than save us time from watching a boring race. You know what they should do put dirt on all the short tracks <laughs> <laughs> right zach no no but i will i will say that if you were to think about the short track races so far this year i would probably put bristol dirt at number two behind richmond with phoenix and Martinsville being behind the bristol dirt so take that for what it's worth i think that is a win so um it's 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 not good and unfortunately there's the biggest cutoff race in the playoffs before the championship four race at Phoenix is at Martinsville. So these teams have, I hope they can hit on something to make it better. Uh, but unfortunately you've got some pretty big short tracks in the playoffs and toward the uh, back half of the schedule that unfortunately might be pretty boring races. And there was no better example of this, awful product than Ryan Priest, who was the pole sitter, led the race for the entire first stage, won the stage, and then part of the second was when did he lose the when was his his pit stop? Was it the mid green pit stop of the second stage? I think so. Uh well he led a hundred I think he led like the first hundred and thirty-five laps and then never led another lap after that. So yeah, it would have yeah. been most of the way through stage two. So yeah, he gets his penalty, goes back to the back of the the, the field and never even sniffs the top fifteen. I don't think he got to the top twenty until late in the race. So I mean, either that <laughs> you, you, this just can't happen where you have one mistake and you now you're you're back in the back of the pack. One car that I was paying attention to was Joey Logano's car, who, again, started in the back with uh, alterations to his car. And so he's at the back and he was never a factor. And I was watching him because I knew that Norton had picked him. And so I was like, all right, there's there's one guy that I don't have to worry about uh, and right place, right time. And he stays out and his car looks super fast in, in second position. So it was it's very frustrating to watch. And I'm, sh- I'm, a, I'm sure that the drivers were also very frustrated. Yeah. Based on the interviews I've seen and read about, I don't, I don't think any of them had anything good to say about Barnesville, maybe besides Kyle Larson. He, he's been so bad at Martinsville for so long. Uh, and he finally got that grandfather clock. So he might've been the only happy driver leaving Martinsville uh, after that race. So you, we missed that on the Zach's track facts for last week. I know. We mentioned the, I, I got to start, start throwing some trophy facts in there because uh, Auto Club Speedway's trophy was 
or is awesome, you know, being the surfboard. Uh, Martinsville has a cool trophy. So with you've the clock, done them so. in the past, but I think it's always good to have a reminder that that's what this, what's on the line for, for this week. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll start paying attention. So those are, those are good repeat ones. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to hear Kyle Larson be so excited to win a race. Like it, I didn't feel like this was a big race, but to him, it was like one that he had been trying to get for a long time. And for him to actually get it was, was kind of cool, even though it came out of nowhere to, to win that. But one other thing to bring up, Burnouts this weekend. Those are pretty cool. We had Nemechek, John Hunter Nemechek won the the was it the Xfinity? He won the Xfinity. Xfinity race, yep. So he won the Xfinity race and literally burned his car up, uh, which was awesome. And and then Larson does a whole lap burnout, which was was awesome too. So I theme of the weekend was really cool burnouts. Yeah, and the cool thing about John Hunter Nemechek is he was sponsored by like a fire alarm or fire service type company. And Can't make what that a, up. What a great uh, moment and plug that he, I mean, he gave him multiple plugs in, in a minute conversation. And it was just funny that the car caught fire. They base, you know, sprayed it down with the uh, fire extinguisher and then said, yeah, those, uh, this, this track uses my sponsor. So uh, you you couldn't make that up. I think this should be a a trend that continues where every week you just have to do something different to 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 do your you know when you do your burnout, just keep upping the the ante each week. I mean that could be exciting. It'd be worth tuning in to like the last fifty laps, see what happens, and see how they burn out. Starting your car on fire is going to be tough to beat. And Xfinity's done it the last two weeks, so you got to do <laughs> it a different laps. way though. You got to do it a different way. You got to figure out a, a different way to set your car on fire <laughs> or fireworks shoot out of your car as you drive around. I don't Throw know. Throw a stick of dynamite in there. Boom. <laughs> I guess that's an option. <laughs> um, and then I guess we, uh, we talked about it before, but Denny Hamlin, I want to bring up he, how he must hate this track as much as Kyle Larson loves it because uh, he got chastained last year in the playoffs, and then this year was one of those cars that looked like he was dominant and uh, was a was a victim of the the late caution that helped helped Logano. Uh, just yeah, he rough... finished behind Logano, right? Yeah, I think we'll get to that later. Uh, but spoiler okay. alert: Yeah, he did. Um, unfortunately, he uh, I mean, on what, newer what tires. A joke. What a joke. <laughs> Listen, Joey sir, Logano you, you, you don't get to talk trash. when you start getting picks in the top 10, then you can join the conversations. Well, guess right what? Now. I got news for you boys tonight. I'm done making picks. So <laughs> it, it's going to be you're a two person race. Now you're just going to take the loss every week. Guess I mean, we can spin spinning. the wheel now. We I'm might retiring. as well. I'm done. I'm, retiring. I'm done. <laughs> I'm picking top three guys every single week and they keep, keep having terrible <laughs> performances. So I'm done. That's the uh, that's the old attitude we like to have, Zach. Just the I'm pulling, it, I'm pulling a Nort on the golf course, but now it's Nort Ooh. in fantasy. That's messed. I up. mean, if Nort had to spin a wheel after a, a round of golf, I wouldn't quit, and I'd spin the wheel. That's true. He would. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get myself in that mess, but. <laughs> 
So running through the results real quick, stage one was Ryan Priest. Stage two was Kevin Harvick, and your winner was Kyle Larson. And Ryan Priest gets the most laps led with 135. Looking at Jeff Gluck's poll, uh, and I'm surprised it, the results are this good, but 37% of fans said, yes, it was a good race. 18% of fans thought it was a good spring race last year. And then the fall race actually got a decent result of 79% of fans said it was a good race. Uh, there was a lot of excitement there in the end, pitch strategy, uh, and, and that was the final race to get into the championship for. So I think that's what helped the 79%. I figured it'd be closer to 18% because this race to me was equally as bad as the spring race last year, but apparently uh, fans thought otherwise, but it's still uh, probably the lowest score we've had this year at 37%. So what that tells me is that 37% of Jeff Gluck's followers are Kyle Larson fans. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a bias. You know, who who won the spring race last year? Do you know? Do you remember? Willie Byron dominated. I can't imagine that you watched that race and said, yeah, that was a that was a good race. Like yeah. I I think about all of the people that I've like recruited for this fantasy league and people that don't watch NASCAR and then I'm sitting here looking at going how can I tell them hey this is you love this this is great. It's awful. Like it's ah it's very frustrating but so 37% that's it's not good. Not good. Especially on a short track. Yep. All right, time for our fantasy discussion. Mr. Norton. All right, going into your fantasy stats for Martinsville this week, you had a low score of 24 points by Ralph Racing, Dean Oz, number one, and Bob Klein. They all tied for low score of 24. And I promised my wife I'd give her a shout-out, even though she doesn't listen to our podcast. She finished with 29 points, which is the second lowest of the week, and gets her out of the 200s in our league. Your high score was 122 points by Brendan Garrett and average score this week for Martinsville was 59 points, which is one higher than our lowest average ever. Your unofficial top 10 after Martinsville, 10th place, you have Z underscore spot motorsports. That's at Mark underscore the underscore Z underscore spot on Twitter. Ninth is Mark L. Krejci. Eighth is I hate NASCAR too. That's at Tracy in 555-73739. Seventh place, Kenneth Holloway. Sixth is yours truly, Broken Toe Link. Fifth, Bryce Michaels, number two, at Das Bryson on Twitter. Fourth is Adam Studer, number two. Third, Robert Riggs, number two, at Robert Riggs, one on Twitter. Second place, still hanging on to the top five, Zach Dick, number three, at ZJD88. And first for your second week in a row is Ron Henriksen. Your biggest ATPB fantasy risers after Martinsville. Uh, again, we mentioned them with the 24-point low score. They also all moved up exactly 43 spots. From P68 to P25 is Dinoz number one, Bob Klein, and Ralph's Racing. So they all had 24 points. They all moved up 43 points. Two of those three teams are the same. Your biggest ATPB fallers after Martinsville. 
Craig Ronfelt, number three, dropped 54 spots from P52 to P106. PC Racing, number two, at PJ Coy on Twitter, drops 52 spots from P50 to P102. And Chris Bell drops 42 spots from P50 to P92. So we're starting to see a little bit less movement in the standings. Your top 10 ATPV rookies. 10th is Goodview Speed Shop in P20. 9th is better than second number two. That's at JoJo Wagers, our buddies from D's Lug Nuts. He's in P19. Tied, or uh, eighth place is CDB in P17. Six best rookies are forward together in Sarah's Toyotas. That's at P13. Fifth best rookie is Melly85 in P12. You have Z underscore spot motorsports in P10. Kenneth Holloway in P8. Robert Riggs number two in P3. And your best rookie is in P1 overall, Ron Henriksen. Your top five fantasy drivers after Martinsville, Alex Bowman takes this top spot again over Christopher Bell. Third is Ross Chastain. Fourth, Martin Truex Jr. And fifth, Kevin Harvick. And your bottom five fantasy drivers, 26th is Eric Jones. 27th, Eric Almarola. Tied with Ryan Priest. 29th, Harrison Burton. And your worst fantasy driver with a 26.3 average is Noah Gregson. And Ricky Stenhouse continues to be the most overperforming fantasy driver, running as a 17 and valued at 7. And with the return of Chase Elliott, he's still your most underperforming, running as an 11, valued at a 20. Looking ahead to next week at Talladega, your lowest fantasy score there in history is 19 points. That was in the fall of 2021. Highest fantasy score at Talladega, 168 points, also in the fall of 2021. Your lowest average is 73 points in the spring race in 2022. And your highest average is 101 points in the spring race of 2021. And that's your fantasy recap. Can we just uh, take a moment and, and call out our friend of the show, T Nort, who on Twitter is complaining and bitching and moaning, and he's in the top 10. This guy, he just constantly wins like his anything he's in. And if he's not winning, then he he's pissed. He's he's not used to not winning. You know, he he buys one Super Bowl square and somehow wins like 10 different pools. I mean, he's that's... also got a uh, his second team's in in 13th. So he's got two teams in the top oh, 13. <laughs> but and you guys remain in the top 10, which congratulations to you guys. I uh, I moved up to 55th. So uh Maybe. And along with my wife, you're not in the uh, low 200s anymore, right? You, you've you cracked the top 200? Uh, no. Or have you not? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it, that team is... No you're, you're 201st. I apologize. Yeah, that team is, is surprisingly bad. On paper, it looks very good. But it has not been uh, not been a good good year. All right, so we all will now take a look at this weekend's race, and we are going super speedway racing, heading out to Talladega. My my Uncle Bob is uh, in a camper uh, and going to be in the infield for this uh, for this weekend. So something that he's never done, been access going to have access to the pits and all that stuff. So hope to hear some some cool stories from him. And uh, you guys have been to Talladega. Right, you guys took a trip, didn't invite me, but that's cool. And I don't uh, think we knew you. <laughs> nope. Oh, you did. I started working there, but it was 
He'd rather take JJ, who fell asleep at the race. So he did. <laughs> I promise you, I wouldn't have fallen asleep, but I'm just saying, whatever. Unbelievable. So we're headed to Talladega, Zach. What do we got? Yes, yeah, the Geico 500 in Talladega, Alabama. I got three Zach's facts for you this evening. So fact number one. Can I Talladega. just tell you, people People really want to have them Zach's track facts. But remember, we, we went away from just track specifics, so we've got to just call it Zach's facts. But aren't I mean, all the facts about the upcoming race? The race at, at the, the track. track. I think I think we got to go back to Zach. Keeping track it open facts. though, so I can start throwing like when I run out of information, I can I can throw out a fact. Did you know that Denny Hamlin's real name is like Richard? <laughs> Please that's tell me that's a, true. That's not <laughs> but, a track fact. But I I I get what you're saying. But I think if if the general theme is just like facts about the weekend i think we can keep it zach's track facts i you you name your segment what you want i but think hey, the, it's the it's fans want it facts zach, all year i know and, and people have been complaining to us and saying hey we want zach's tracks facts back i, I don't buy people that being our second. one person that listens and gives us feedback but <laughs> yeah. and, and that would be <laughs> shout who? out to him tanner tracy norton no oh, tanner oh tanner he wants zach's track facts he wants it back all right. Well, I guess I'll uh, switch it up for now. And then when I start giving out nicknames and real so, names so about drivers, is, I'll is switch Zach's back. track facts no glasses, Zach? Like, this is Zach's facts. This is Zach's track facts. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we go. I got three Zach's track facts for you listeners this evening. Zach's track facts number one. Talladega is the longest NASCAR track on the circuit at 2.66 miles. Zach's track facts number two, the Talladega Jinx is a tall tale that some people believe the track is cursed. Native Americans used to live on this ground and when it, uh, and it was said that the shaman cursed the area. The most notable case was in 1973 when racer Bobby Isaac exited his, exited his car early in the race, saying he heard voices to get out of his car. Crazy. He's on something. Who's on yeah. something? I think he might have been inhaling too many fumes. Uh, <laughs> <Rolls>. Nonetheless. <laughs> and your last Zach's track facts of the night, Talladega's infield is known for the best party in NASCAR. Talladega Boulevard has a parade, all kinds of fun activities uh, when it gets dark, and fans are known to get pretty wild. So your uncle, Josh, is going to have himself quite the week at Talladega in the infield. And I'm we hear personally the jealous that he's there. So, Zach, what are we expecting for the race? What are we expecting from the race this weekend at Talladega? So it is a long race, so I think you're going to see uh, what we've seen at these super speedways for quite some time now. I think the first two stages are going to be pretty boring. I think the uh, drivers are going to be trying to use the high line, and I think you might get some single file uh, lines at the top of the track just biding their time 
because this race is long. I think a couple laps to go in each stage, the first two stages, you'll see some excitement. You'll see some drivers try to pass. Uh, but the real fun is going to be in stage three, probably with about 10 to 15 laps to go is when you'll start to see two, three, four wide uh, and make it pretty wild. These finishes usually are really, really exciting. Uh, we've had quite a few crazy finishes at Talladega in the past. So I, I do think you'll see a, a fun stage three, but the first two stages might get a little boring. Shorten the races. In regards to these super speedways, I do think shortening the races do make sense. But again, it's all about the almighty dollar when it comes to TV contracts. Uh, and these there's, races, there's going to be no TV contracts if no one's watching the sport because it sucks. These races are long, so you can get as many commercials in as possible. So uh, I, I saw an argument for that shortening the race. And, you know, the, the argument is always money. But if they shorten the race, you might get more people watching those commercials in the middle of the race than they get right now on the longer races because people are losing interest. If, if people are turning their TVs off or changing the channel, those commercials aren't getting watched. Yeah, They shorten the race and keep everybody's interest. You've got a lot more people watching those commercials. And it comes down, you got to have a better product anyways, but that's a yep. whole nother, whole nother topic. Yeah. And I will just say that Talladega is one of my favorite racetracks in NASCAR and light years ahead of Atlanta because you can go three and four wide at this track the entire time if you wanted to and make it work. So uh, I'm excited for this weekend's race. Uh, when you look at the top five from last year's spring race, Ross Chastain uh, finished first, Austin Dillon finished second, Kyle Busch finished third, Kyle Larson finished fourth, and Martin Truex Jr. finished fifth. All right, let's get to the segment that Norton's been waiting for. It's the pick section. All right, and, see you guys. Uh, <laughs> so I had Denny Hamlin finish fourth. Zach, you had Christopher Bell. Obviously wasn't even close in 16th. And Norton called in a caution because uh, that was the only way he was going to get saved. And somehow Joey Logano finishes second. And Norton gets his third victory of the year and pushes Zach down to the bottom. How you feeling, Nort? You're in second. I feel like not a loser, and that's all that matters. <laughs> so now the pressure <laughs> pressure's on, on Zach. And this week, it's going Norton gets the first pick. Zach, you get second, and I get third. So who you got, Nort? I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Okay. Brad Keselowski. Brad K. So he was really strong at Daytona and ended up, I forget what happened. Well, something happened and he was involved in a crash at the end and he finished. Everybody like a, was involved in a crash yeah, at the true. end. But, and he was strong at Atlanta too. He's a good, he's a good, he's, uh, he's a good one play, call racer. play racer. Yeah. All right, and I am going to take Chris Busher. I haven't taken him this year, and uh, seems like a good spot to to take him. So we all took we all took bees, Brad, Bubba, and Busher. All three good plate drivers. 
yeah. So we will see what see what happens. Um, anything else, fellas, for tonight? Zach, I'm proud of you for being ready to make your pick this week. Yeah, I'm I'm over doing research and stuff. I'm just gonna start throwing names out. That that's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> it really is because uh, the only thing the only thing is that you can't you have to be careful about who you take right now because you do have the playoffs and the end of the season that I mean who knows what the standings will look like at that point so be good to have those those drivers in, in your pocket but maybe you get the wins up front and it doesn't doesn't even matter so all right fellas enjoy your week and hopefully next week is uh we're celebrating a good race this is getting kind of kind of tiring to come on here and just <laughs> being I, I can almost guarantee you that this weekend's race will be a 180 from the race you just witnessed at Martinsville. Let's hope you're right. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. The Atop the Pit Box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes that sleep up to 19 people. So bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation today, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Oh, my mind. I need my spot.